Hi, I'm Laura Cox Kaplan. You're listening to She Said, She Said. Today I'm bringing you a conversation I recorded a few weeks ago at the Policy Circle's annual Leadership Summit in Chicago. The Policy Circle provides women and a few men the opportunity to come together to learn, to connect, to enhance leadership skills, and most importantly, to be inspired. Indeed, it was a previous Policy Circle Leadership Summit that inspired this very podcast. Today's conversation is with Hilary Sawchuk, who is the creator and CEO of a digital content platform called A Drink With. On that platform, Hillary talks with some of the biggest influencers in business and entertainment, and today she'll share what she's learned from them, and maybe more importantly, what she's learned about herself. She launched this company as a 20-something entrepreneur. She's now in her 30s. The power that comes from our shared connections fuels our creativity and enables us to imagine new possibilities that help us innovate and solve problems. And now, my conversation with Hilary Sawchuk. Hillary, welcome to She Said, She Said. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you. Let's talk about A Drink With. What is that and what is this business that you've built? Yeah, so A Drink With is a web publication and a web series that I started eight years ago, which the time seems like it has like been a long time, but also has like been really fast. It's a mix between that. but um, And we sit down with industry leaders, anyone really who has an inspiring success success story, and we get to know them as if they're a friend, as if there aren't any cameras there, um, in a in a over a drink, and it's not just alcohol, it's could be a coffee or a beer, but it's all about being in just a comfortable, relaxed setting um, because people really open up um, in a different way. Um, I started in broadcast journalism, so I didn't feel like I was getting that type of connection when I was on the sidelines or in locker rooms. Um, I really craved getting to know someone and that and that connection, and I just kind of felt like that was missing in media in 2011. Um, so that's kind of like the basic that that, that theme of um, you know these are people I'm who are following their dreams, their passions, and aren't giving up. It's yeah. interesting that these conversations actually keep me going as I continue to build this brand. You celebrate over a drink, you get to know someone over a drink, you tell stories over a drink, you build relationships over a drink. And yeah, I think we're at f- about f- 400 now. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. But, I mean, you're, what did you just said? 80, you're almost 80, 89. Yeah, yeah, almost 80. Hopefully by the end of the year. It's we'll amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's exciting. Well, and it, and it happens fast. Yeah, too. yeah. So you mentioned you started in sports media. Yeah. Walk me through how you got to this point, because I know you have, you have an interesting, you've had an interesting career journey in that it was tough for you to get a job. Yeah, I did go to school for broadcast journalism. I kind of, at the time, you know, I was, when you pick your major, I was, what, 18? And I thought, oh, sports, that seems fun. 
Um, and out of all the other types of storytelling at the time, it was like either at the news station you were covering like fires and like that type those types of stories or it was like oh yeah sports I want to be like Aaron Andrews or Rachel Nichols <laughs> seems like a blast I loved my Detroit sports teams did you come um, from a family of sports uh, there's hockey mm-hmm. um hockey fans in our fan in our family and um Detroit Red Wings so I just yeah it was fun I thought out of all the f- stories I could tell this seems like a blast but then I quickly realized I didn't like love the game I liked being a fan but I didn't <laughs> live and breathe sports so Yes, on my night off, I was watching like The Bachelorette when everyone else was watching Monday Night Football. Um, and then, like I just said, like I craved um, building relationships and connecting with people. And there was no connection happening when I was holding a microphone in someone's face. So I still tried to get a job. You know, I had two internships the Pistons and Channel 4, NBC and Detroit, these great internships, and no one hired me. And I bought a I had 500 demo DVDs that I mailed all over the country. 500. Yeah, I don't know why so many. Well, that seems like a lot. Maybe that's typical. I think I that was the minimum order like I could purchase that like brought the cost down. Did you send them all? Out? I still, they're still like at my parents' house. Um, the collector's item. Yeah, I don't need to think that we would send a DV, an actual DVD. And that was in 2009. Right. Ten years ago. And yeah, I got one response back. Uh, no one hired me. Took a sales job in Chicago just because I thought, okay, I'm from Detroit. Chicago seems like a fun city to live in. At the time, no one was moving to downtown Detroit. Still sending out the demo DVDs, but then I quickly realized that um, uh, if no one wasn't going to hire me, then I would have to just do something myself. And then a drink with was born. That's so interesting. <laughs> so how did you get, so you took the sales job mm-hmm. and then where did the idea for a drink with come from? I, I kept, so I wanted to do something on my own and we kept saying over and over again, we could have a drink with this person. I could have a drink with this person. And I was 24 in Chicago. I was going out and meeting people for drinks all the time. So it was like what I, I was making so many new friends and relationships in Chicago. It was awesome. I loved it. Like it was so fun when I first moved here. So that's what I was doing in my personal life. So I thought if I could, could just combine this, like let's bring this to life through. At the time it was photos only mm-hmm. and we transcribed it as Q&A and we didn't have video when podcasts weren't that big back then. Was it more a blog um, at the time? I knew I wanted to grow and build a brand that was bigger than just me so that it could carry on without me. Um, so I, I, didn't, I, I think maybe my personality came through in the questions I asked, but it wasn't like a drink with Hillary. So it wasn't like a blog because I wasn't really like talking about my experiences at the time. I wanted to grow it into a, a publication. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was um, no one would hire me. I was already doing this and it kind of the stars aligned uh-huh. where I had a high school friend site, just call it a drink with. I was like, oh my God, duh. And from that moment, it was just like off to the races. I saw the vision. I saw what it could be. I, I, before I had all these names that were like tied to Chicago, and that was like, okay, it says what it is. We're going to be the best at showing these conversations and intimate moments over a drink. We're just going to nail this, this one thing. When you come to a drink with, you know what you're going to get. And I want to grow this brand. So as soon as you hear it, you're like, oh my God, yes, that stands for like real, intimate, and authentic conversations where you really, really get to know someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for a year. No brand partnerships or anything, but I knew it could be a business. But I just committed to one interview a week. Mm-hmm. And were you still you still had your your paying yep, sales yeah, job for a year? Uh-huh. For a year, I did one interview a week with my sales job. And, and doing I, this as a side hustle at basically. lunch 
after after work and on the weekends. <laughs> Which you might have been doing anyway. Yeah, right. Totally. It was so fun. And that's the thing. Because so, now it's amazing. Anyone can be a content creator. Right. You don't have to go to journalism for it. But what I always share with everyone is like, you have to love, like, you have to want to do this without getting paid or else you're not going to keep it you're not going to keep going and the relationships and I'm sure you feel the same like the people that I've met along the way like even if it doesn't turn into this big media group that I dream it to be the relationships I made along the way have made it worth it like no one can take that away from you and I still not everyone but I'm made I'm friends with so many people and have built so many great friendships along the way so yeah, a year of not even trying to get to make money off of it. And I think that that was one of the reasons it was a success because when we were then ready to try to monetize, we had a whole a year's worth of mm-hmm. content where we weren't trying to do something specific for a brand. It was just truly us drinking with people around the city (laughs) yeah yeah now you have incredibly big names and you've got a partnership with virgin Um, take me from that sort of you know a year's worth of content to the point in which it becomes an actual business where you have partnerships and sort of how you did that yeah you know I never had and I still like struggle with this today (laughs) I never had like this perfect business plan it was just kind of like getting to that next moment. Did so, you have one at all? Kind of, but it wasn't like... <laughs> Back of a napkin kind yeah, of thing? Yeah. Um, so I, when I left my full-time job and made that jump, that is when it was like, okay. So I, clo- I closed Miller Coors as a, a beer partner. Uh-huh. And that allowed me to live for three months. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. And, and then while we were while I was executing and delivering on that partnership, I was working on the next one. We worked with Acura and did a pop up at the Sundance Film Festival that allowed another three months. And for that's kind of just how it's been is and getting in with brands at so much less than what we charge now, mm-hmm. just to be able to start working with the brand. So it truly was, uh, and it's you know it's still to this day is it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. You know, um, without getting paid a lot, especially in this industry. But yeah, after, you know, you just keep building and building and building. And if you love it, then, and you, I always like, it could take me another five, 10 years, but like, I'm not gonna, that's gonna be my story. You know, it's like when someone asks in five years, how did you grow this national, international show? It's like, well, it took me 15 years. Right. <laughs> What I found through everyone I've interviewed is everyone says that they're an overnight success 20 years in the making. Right. <laughs> and I love that because it's so true. Mm-hmm. So many people say that. Um, and, you know, a favorite thing I always love to say is that everyone compares their behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. And I do that too, mm-hmm. especially in this industry, comparing the amount of followers you have. There were other websites that launched in Chicago at the same time we did, and they're two different businesses, but you know, just comparing, oh my gosh, they have a million followers and we only have yeah. 20,000. You have to just focus on yourself because it's your own story. And how do you do that? 
give give our <laughs> listeners give, give our listeners advice because it's hard not so hard. to fall into that trap of comparing yourself and looking at number of followers and how many people have liked this post yeah. or not liked this post and you can find yourself spending so much time oh on God. that that you don't have time to actually do the work it's because we always are thinking of all the things that we're doing wrong and we need to improve on at least that's you know someone's like oh my gosh congrats you're killing it and i'm like oh my god like i don't take it in because i'm thinking of all the things we should be doing and need to do and how like i haven't posted on instagram all week and like or, <laughs> like trying to keep up with that it's you know you can get overwhelmed totally and i used to think like if it brings you joy but now i look at it differently and i think that if it like I think about things like what gives me energy and to continue to do things that give you energy so interviews make me like I feel really good I love it and I just have to remember that feeling that I get or like even a brand partner call I love that kind of strategic planning around a big partnership so it's like all this like stuff you could be comparing yourself comparing yourself and then you have one of those calls or meetings and it's like oh yeah I remember why I love this so just like remembering those moments that bring you energy and joy and in those moments where you're feeling down, just to remember to think of that because, yeah, it's very easy to compare, but you can't because it's your story. Yeah. Your journey and path is going to be different than everyone else's. Yep. So I snap out of it a lot faster now. For yeah. sure. <laughs> With practice. Right? Yeah. That's basically what Maybe you're it's saying. like it's a practice. muscle you kind of have to work, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've built this business largely in your 20s yeah. for the most part, right? How was that a blessing or a curse? And and by oh, that, that's I a really mean, good question. <laughs> was it, you know, because sometimes you, if you, when you don't know what you don't know, it can, I think, sometimes make taking risks easier. But it can also have the flip side of when you're young, people may not take you as seriously. Sure. So talk about your perspective now, looking back on it. Yeah. So I, it was a like it was a so much fun. It's I still have fun now, but now it's just different because now like as your partnerships get bigger and there's more money involved, then you have to deliver more and execute in a different way. Not in a different way. Like I've always went above and beyond, but it was it was a blast. So it was so fun. So I'm very grateful that it was just like such a fun journey and growing and building the business um, and living in a city like Chicago. And I was living in a studio apartment the whole time. And But looking back, I do wish that I had better like negotiating skills and that maybe I could have been stronger in negotiating deals. Um, I think it's important that you do get in with a brand and build those case studies. But then... A couple times I just wish I used my voice. I stood up for myself a little bit more talking money, mm-hmm. I guess, instead of just saying yes and yeah. I'll do it. Give me an example if you can. Um, I would just say not always being in yes mode. Mm-hmm. So when a brand comes back and is like, well, this is just to push a little bit harder to neg- be a little bit stronger negotiating. But it's hard when you're the host and want to like – be the nice guy and you're the one doing the interviews and you're on set and you want to build that relationship with a brand and then you have the brand trying to like cut costs by like negotiate five thousand dollars less and it's like oh my gosh you're a huge corporation i'm a struggling entrepreneur why are you asking to five thousand dollars less like i take it so personally (laughs) but um yeah so maybe like i probably took it more personal personally in my 20s where now it's easy for me to kind of separate it and just like be stronger at negotiating and 
But I purposely continue to have those conversations instead of push having them have someone else do it because I want to get better at that. Um, but then also in my 20s, so I actually, even though my website's a drink with, I don't drink anymore. I don't drink alcohol anymore. No kidding. Why? <laughs> a year and a half ago, I decided that I I want I just want a more clear brain all the time. And I was just like tired all the time. And it's, it has nothing to do with the actual interviews and, you know, because sometimes the interviews, I'm just having a sip of whatever they're drinking. Mm-hmm. But um, with traveling a lot, I was just tired. And like even the uh, extra wine here and there and with all the networking events and happy hour meetings and dinner meetings, it was kind of like almost like every single day it was like, let's grab a drink. And my business is like mixed in with, you know, there was just a lot of meetings that happened over happy hour and dinner Mm -hmm. and you could always twist like I would always yes if someone's having a glass of wine I would have it too so I kind of just had to have a hard no um and I think that's going to be part of my story is like how did I take my business to that next level and and grow it I think the story is going to be I actually had to stop drinking alcohol in order to grow a drink with um which ironic yeah (laughs) right um, and what our brand stands for is it, ha- it has nothing to do with alcohol. It's right. the moments over a cup of tea, coffee, or, or, or wine. That hasn't changed at all. Okay. Um, so like in the t- my 20s, it was like we were just ha- I was having a blast. And now um, I just want to be super clear, have my mind clear, focused, because I really want to grow it into the brand and, and media group I know it can be and we're bringing on other hosts and contributors to start their own series great. Um, which is so fun and I, I love that I love seeing other people bring a drink with to life so like all these things are actually happening and I just and it, it feels good not to drink like I, th- I think I'm just changing I'm in, about to be 33 I'm way different than when I was 23 sure. so like I'm evolving as a person myself mm-hmm. and like right now there's no room for alcohol for me and so that's a huge change in in difference and um yeah I guess I'm just growing up a little bit (laughs) let's talk about the longer term vision for the company it doesn't really matter sort of what the marker is but longer term where would you like to see this go do you have a vision or is it just a you know let's try these different things and just continue growing (laughs) <laughs> What's your vision, sort of longer yeah. term vision for the company? Yeah. Do you have a strategy or is it just yeah. a matter of No, I of totally do. Kind of taking it and honestly, the stopping drinking helped me dial dial in on that strategy. And, Interesting. And I decided now I'm pivoting faster. So I'm giving myself shorter deadlines so that as I continue to grow, if something's not working, I, I pivot faster. Um, we I've now created ADW Media Group where... We have a drink with, a drinkwith.com, and I have a contributor coming on in New York who's starting a series called um, A Drink With Dad, uh-huh. where he's having drinks with, with dads about dad life and what it's like to be a dad now and their and successes and failures. And he pitched the show, Bradley Haysmeyer, and I was like, oh my God, I love it. I'm obviously not a dad, but like I would listen to this. And there's not that much content in the dad space. So he is doing a whole season of 12 episodes and I'm launching um, the website A Drive With where Jacqueline Tropp is a, a, a award-winning journalist who's driving and having conversations with inspiring individuals while driving. So uh-huh. it's so fun to see, to, to grow in that way. Um, and then for like the foundation of A Drink With, um, we have moved to Detroit 
where I've, I always could say this, but like what basically what Oprah Winfrey did for the, uh, for Chicago, what her show did for Chicago, I want to drink with to do that for Detroit. I want there to be a national, international show in the Motor City. All of our guests have stories of like grit and perseverance and they fell down and they got back up. They were told they couldn't and they did it anyway. And like that is the story of Detroit. So it's my hometown. That's the why. That's why we should be, there's no better spot than Detroit to have these conversations. So, my focus now is building the show in Detroit. We're still we're, st- we're still in many markets and with brand partners we do these like custom series and mm-hmm. pop up all over. But as far as our home base, I'm growing the show in a way where it will be shot in seasons and when high profile people or celebrities come through Detroit, the, they know to, oh, I got to get on a drink with when I'm in Detroit for my show or whatever. And then I hope we put Detroit on the map so that when people are on a book tour or any press tour they're already stopping through chicago so come and come to detroit and also like check out like everything that's happening now with the revitalization and come see what detroit is really like now like now because it's not what you think it is when it was bankrupt in 2008 i'm very passionate and excited about a drink with but to be a part of something even bigger like putting detroit kind of back on the map and putting a positive spotlight on the city of detroit gets me fired up to the next level to be a part of something even bigger yeah that's amazing that's kind of my things it's like growing other contributors and then growing the show in Detroit and that's the vision right now and what I've been focusing on in 2019 and and you're still you're still focused on video content mm-hmm. versus yep. audio content. There's such a growth in podcasts, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Huge. Are you looking at both? Yeah, so now we do, as we move forward, there'll be a podcast episode for every interview. So oh, basically, however you like to consume content, mm-hmm. there's a version for you. If you want to watch it, the full interview, it's like, the it's really sh- cut down from a 30 45 minute conversation but we have the video if you want a quick little snackable soundbite and you like consuming content that way we're on instagram or if you want we call like the unedited version you can listen to the podcast that's kind of all the way through Uh with not much editing when you think about challenges maybe or habits that you have things that maybe you struggle with um, you talked about not drinking anymore in order to get that real yeah. clarity. Yeah. So as you think about the stuff that you struggle with personally, what's your what's your issue? Everybody's got <laughs> something. <laughs> what's your thing? I tend to overthink a lot. I have lo- a lot of bad habits, but over- <laughs> overthinking would be one. Yeah. I do take a lot of things personally. So mm. like if I don't, I expect that I'm going to be friends with everyone I interview. <laughs> Not expect, but like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I like well, just want it. If I'm asking them to be on the show, it's like I kind of already want to be friends with you. So if I don't get that personal connection in the right. interview, I'm like, oh, bummer. But if I leave an interview, I'm like, oh, man, I just didn't feel like we really connected. It bums me out. But also I have to remember, you never know what is going on in their day. And they could be on a press tour and back-to-back interviews and so I guess I'm kind of over that. But personally, the more busy I am, the, m- I, the more productive I am. Mm-hmm. What I love about the job is that no day is the same. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you kind of just have to motivate yourself. So, And I have a lot of support, family, friends. I never like feel like I'm the only one that believes in myself. But you also do really have to believe 
in yourself and on those days where you feel like you suck as an interviewer because it's weird like sometimes I'm I get I do get nervous and I don't feel like I'm the greatest interviewer and then I'm like what am I doing do you have a process that you go I completely yeah. hear you I think everybody goes through that. You have self-doubt. Yes. Your confidence wanes for whatever reason. Maybe it was something you ate. Maybe you're hormonal. Who who knows what causes it? But there are days that you wake up and you're just like, gosh, I don't really feel like I'm all that good at it. So what do you do knowing that those moments are going to come? What's your strategy or your toolkit for bouncing back? I still think I'm working on that because there's so many times where I don't think I'm think I'm the best at interviewing. But then tying back to what I said before is I I just remember how much I enjoy it and the feeling I get after. It's almost like I get this high after and then I want to do it again. So I'll have anxiety leading up to it. And then mid conversation I'm having fun and then after I like I cannot wait for the next. Yeah. So it's like you go through all the bad stuff for that one moment. And also, I think I'm getting better at not letting the highs get me too high and the lows get me too low. Uh So it's kind of staying in the middle. So like great things will happen, but you still have to like work really hard, obviously. And then when bad things happen, you can't, before I was more, it was more of a roller coaster Mm -hmm. where I thought it was the end of the world if something bad happened. And now, I can kind of shake it a little faster. Yeah. What do you do to shake it? Do you meditate? Do you journal? I do meditate. Yeah. In those moments, I've been, I run and work out. Yeah. Working out probably. Mm -hmm. I just stop everything and go to Orange Theory Fitness and just sprint it out. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just give me those endorphins. How big is your team at this point? So everyone, I'm like the only full time. We have like independent contractors. So like for every interview, we have our photographer, we have our video production team with a couple guys on set. We bring in PR support, um, digital strategy and creative direction support on certain projects, PR when we have to. So it's actually been really fun working with Jacqueline and Bradley now as we grow the other series. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm on like phone calls and I do the interviews, I do miss like water cooler talk and right. like it's crazy anytime someone's like can we do the meeting at our office I'm like I'll be there it takes it's hard to motivate yourself sometimes when you just like work from home by yourself is it lonely yeah yeah totally yeah on days where I'm just completely alone <laughs> um it can be easy to second guess yourself in those moments don't you think yeah when you're by yourself yeah yeah and also thing like little things like if something's not working in Excel, I have no one to be like, oh, can you show me how to like format this? Oh, it takes me two hours. And then so I'm also trying to set myself up so that I can like get out of the weeds a little bit because I tend to just do everything myself, but I want to grow the company. So it's like, how can I set myself up for growth without getting lost in all of these other things that have to get done? But that like obviously the dream is to have this team where everyone who's the best at everything that I'm bad at can, you know, we can send it off like a rocket with all of our talents combined. But, you know, there are things I have to do that I do. And I, I like even making proposals. I'm not a graphic designer. It takes me a long time to create one and it will look really nice, but it's like, I wish I had someone to like just fire that off in a day, but instead I have to do it myself. So it's like, okay, I gotta, it will take me a week and I'm proud of it and it looks good. But there are so many things you just have to figure out and do yourself. And it just, I 
feels like it I do feel like I'm slow sometimes <laughs> yeah it's hard it's hard to do it all yourself so who do you where do you turn for advice and input like oh, yeah. what is your kitchen cabinet or whatever variation on that look like yeah who, I have an awesome yeah I have my awesome like unofficial board of advisors uh-huh. <laughs> I always go to my dad I always go to my mom. I always go to my Uncle Steve. My now, can uncle- they be objective since they're related um, to you? That's a good question. I think so. Yeah. they they. My Uncle Chris, too. Like, everyone has amazing business experience and advice. So Are they entrepreneurs as well? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my boyfriend is, like, my number one fan. So he's probably someone I can go to or I go to to make – because he's always like, you're going to do great. Like, what are you talking about? You're the best interviewer ever. And even if he's just <laughs> saying that, you know, it's like, so I'm so lucky. Yeah. And my friend, like my friends are such great cheerleaders too. So yeah, I'm so grateful and so lucky that I'm just surrounded by people who believe in me. And if it wasn't for my parents, they let me follow my dream. I mean, they are so supportive. And I laugh with my mom because I think it's because when I told her I wanted to be an Olympic gymnast when I was little, she told me I was too tall and still feels bad about it to this day. So I think she's like, a drink with, yes, you can do it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm very lucky. Who gives you tough love? Who gives you the most constructive advice? Um, um, my dad is really good at like thinking of all different angles. Just in like when I have to make business decisions and he's – Sometimes I don't want to make a decision, but he'll be the one first to voice the hard decision and mm-hmm. I'll have to like work through it. And, and he's usually right. <laughs> yeah. The majority's positive, but it's not like I've just, it's been just like rainbows and butterflies. Right. It's, you know, they def- everyone gives really great constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. When you look, you were talking about building the team and ultimately your dream is to have more full-time staff, which is great. In the meantime, how do you manage a team of freelancers so that you get a consistent culture, so that, that that connection that you're trying to make and have that come through in the interviews, that all the freelancers yeah. who are working with you and for you understand that since they're not full-time staff? Yeah, and that's so interesting you bring that up because I want to continue to like think about who we are as a brand and and that and that culture Mm -hmm. and I think I've just been really lucky with the people that we work with and we've worked with together for almost since the beginning so it's kind of like it's they get it and I think that's why we've been working together for so long um when you work with someone who is not a fit and you can feel the energy we just don't you know it's kind of like we just don't work with them again (laughs) but yeah um and that's something that I enjoy like and I look forward to continuing to think about what we stand for as a brand and the type of leader and like boss I want to be just through experiences I've had working with other people I'm like oh you know I don't like how I felt when that happened you know it's like I'm always taking note of how things make me feel and trying to apply them because that was a interesting too when more people did come up so it's like how can I be a good leader and someone that people enjoy working with Mm -hmm. and so that 
whole side of growing a business I really enjoy and which is I'm so excited for tomorrow at, at the the policy circles um annual leadership summit it's yeah. like I'm going to be taking even though I'm, I'm seeing I, I hope that I'm going to plan I'm going to be taking notes all day long I love what policy circle is all about because you know that's that's what I do it's all about conversations and having open honest and meaningful conversations and conversations can lead to so many more things so yeah I'll be just taking everyone through through the day and you know even this whole experience of emceeing is taking me out of my comfort zone as well I said yes because I'm used to doing these intimate one-on-one conversations over a drink Mm -hmm. and being in front of an audience like this is one of the reasons I got out of traditional media so but I want to continue to push myself as a public speaker so it's kind of like a little personal day of growth for me as well as doing something out of my comfort zone. I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. So the fact that you've had an opportunity to talk with such amazing people, can you look back and say, you know, here's like one or two <laughs> or three things that I learned that oh, totally. I continue to carry with me? What, what would those things be? You think people have it figured out. But then you find out that they're nervous or they don't feel like they know what they're doing. So to hear someone who you look at and they seem like they've reached success and to hear them say that, it's like it's it's nice to hear that even someone who looks like they have it figured out feels the same feelings that you feel too. So I, I love that. A lot of the more like A-listers and high-profile people, and I'm talking like the Richard Bransons, Chelsea Handler, Dan Gilbert too in Detroit. They're so they were so present. They looked you in the eye. They remembered your name. They talked to everyone on set, and they gave really thoughtful answers. And I, you know, I left like, oh my gosh, like, and I, it's not that I was surprised, but and I think that that has something to do with their success because mm-hmm. of how they treat other people. And part of the whole thing with a drink with is just to show that everyone is human and everyone has challenges. And no one, it's, yeah, you're not alone. Right. And that's what I love about it. And that's, these interviews keep me going. I'm always like, tell me that, that time you wanted to give up and you didn't. And right around the corner, you had a break. Even if it was like a little, even if it was just a little break, like tell me about that time you wanted to give up and you didn't. And that's what I enjoy talking to people about. And you can always kind of tell what's happening. Like, and that's why I love talking to like small business owners or like up and come, like entrepreneurs and founders. You know, we can talk about like, okay, what are you struggling with now? How are you handling this? And then it's awesome to then, yeah, talk to the the Richard Bransons and they can kind of look back and give you advice. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's great to just be able to talk to all different types of people. Yeah. Even if it's a politician or an artist, everyone has this common thread that they just aren't gonna give up. They fall down and they get back up again and keep going. Talk about, Hillary, how you build followers and an audience. Mm. So in addition to creating these great brand partnerships, how do you get people to pay attention to you? Uh, so that's one of those things where I can, like I still feel like our we have 50,000 viewers on a drinkwith.com. To me, I'm like, why don't we have millions? So I don't feel like we're growing as fast as we should be. But I think it's consistency probably and we don't even do the best like that's what I'm still trying to do is have like a consistent published schedule mm-hmm. um, so I think consistency is important and I think I do think it's important to 
be creating content that is not necessarily branded content right out of the gate. Um, you have to define your brand and who you are and, and your brand personality and, and create out of loving to create. And I hate to say like, oh, the, the, you know, put it out there and like the views will come because they don't necessarily like, like it's been eight years and I'm like, keep coming, please. Because we've just been (laughs) growing by like organically and by word of mouth. So when you have more money, and that's sometimes when I get discouraged when I look at other media groups that have tons of money, it's like when you do have more money, you can you have more of a budget to advertise on social media and at least creating for a while and not worrying about it in a way mm-hmm. and to not wait till everything's perfect and just to get it out there because it's never going to be that perfect path where it's like, okay, now it's time to get it out there and I can grow. You just have to start sharing and then you're going to evolve and grow and you're never going to know how to evolve and grow until you just get stuff out there. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, being engaged on, on Instagram, following people, commenting on their posts, creating a community, you know, keeping in mind the kind of community you want to create online. Mm-hmm. Who are you speaking to? And then cross-promotion, so like on podcasts to cross-promote to get in front of their viewers as well. Um, That's really important in the podcast space. And then, yeah, connecting with other creators and helping each other out. Asking if it is interviews, like asking them to share. If you don't ask, like, you know, we provide photos and video clips and try to make it as easy as possible for your guests to share and so that they can and that they want to share create something that people want to share um it's really good advice <laughs> it's re- it seems so simple but it's really good advice yeah like i hope a lot of our guests share because they like love the the photos and it's a story maybe they haven't told before mm-hmm. so sometimes it's hard i think people struggle with sharing things about themselves. Even in this age of, of social media, some people are weird about that. Yeah, <laughs> right, so, they don't want to. Yeah, yeah part right. of it is that if you can sort of tailor it for them, yes. that can like help. even write, like, you could say, like, here's an idea, p- please customize it. Um, then the flip side, sharing yourself. So don't be afraid to ask your friends to share something on Facebook for you or to give you a shout out. Like if you're not your own advocate and pushing, putting yourself out there, no one's going to put you, no one's going to put you out there. You have, and it feels icky sometimes you like all that self promotion, but you kind of have to do it or else no one's going to see. It's like everything is on, on social media. It, you can't look at it like you're, Oh, it feels braggy. There's a way to do it tastefully where you there's a reason you're sharing this because you have like good good stories that people should listen to and people are going to learn from it and get informed. So just you can't be afraid to just share and you might think oh like why am I posting a photo of myself but, but it's kind of like you just got everyone's doing like that's just how that's the game like you have to decide in a way there was a moment where it's like either I'm going to play this game or I'm not. So if I'm going to play it, then I'm going to play this Instagram game. And these are the types of content that performs best. And so you kind of just have to look at it as 
a job. And if you don't want it on your personal channels, then do it from your brand channel. But it is a job. Social media is a job. Yeah. <laughs> really good advice. No, it's great advice. You are absolutely right. And it's hard. We ask everyone who comes on the podcast for a single piece of advice, a life hack, or a mantra. What would that be? I'm always saying, like, don't let the highs get you too high or the lows get you too low. Um, I'm always, to be honest, I'm trying to be present. Like, being present is so important. So it's not about worrying about the future or worrying about the past like trying to be present. And Erica Badu actually said that um, in our interview. She has a watch that says now. Uh-huh. And it's like, just be present in the moment now. Don't worry. Just enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Hillary, thank you, thank you. so much. I yeah, this it. is so awesome. I can't wait to listen to more of your interviews too. Thank you. So great questions. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, I loved it. And we've made me friends. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. To learn more about my guest, Hillary Sawchuck, check out the show notes. I will include links to A Drink With, as well as to the Policy Circle. And remember, you'll find all of our amazing guests on our website at www.shesaidshesaidpodcast.com. You can also find us wherever you download your podcasts. As always, thank you so much for listening. And most importantly, thank you for sharing your most valuable resource, your time. I hope you find these conversations valuable. Until next time.